Welcome back to the Racing and Sports Punters Pod FIFA Daily World Cup Special. Jimmy Buckley in the studio with you, looking ahead at two massive semi-final games, and I'll be joined by Sam Williams, mate. Welcome. G'day, Bucko. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you, and thoroughly excited by what's before us now uh, on Wednesday and then Thursday morning our time, which we'll get to in just a moment. But let's uh, let's do a quick recap from the weekend. Four incredible games of football. Some of the best we've seen so far at this World Cup. And just a quick rundown. Croatia upsetting Brazil. They were one all and went to penalties. And it was Croatia, last World Cup's runner-up, that dispatched the favourites to win the tournament. Well, they're no longer favourites. They're not there anymore, Brazil. And that was followed by an absolutely enthralling contest. Argentina and the Netherlands, two all, decided on penalties thanks to the heroics of Martinez in the Argentinian goal. Argentina go through. They were up 2-0 with 10 minutes to go and the Dutch managed to find two late goals to keep that one going before they were knocked out on penalties. And then we had possibly the greatest result of all. Morocco won, Portugal nil. Morocco advanced to the semi-finals, the first African team to do so. And they continue to fly the flag for Desert Theory. And then England and France... 2-1. 2-1. Harry Kane missed a late penalty. That would have made the score 2-all, and Sammy would have uh, would have cashed one of your bets. Yeah, tough watching that. I um, I think the bet was uh, more than three goals to be scored uh, into the draw. So he knocks that in, and the 2-all draw, I think it was paying about oh, just under $13. So it was a heartbreaker. I know the English probably wanted to win the World Cup more than me get my little multi up, but <laughs> I was still heartbroken nonetheless. Now, uh, you've been predicting all tournament that England would choke it. Would you classify that as a choke or were they just beaten by a better team? Well, I think that in the situation that it happened, you have to classify it as a choke. I think if it had been 2-1 without the missed penalty, you'd probably say beaten by a better team. But to miss that penalty, if that's not a choke, bucko, I'm, I'm not here. <laughs> Uh, poor old, poor old Harry Kane. Now he's, he, he deserves better than that. I thought um, his first penalty of the game was a, was an absolute belter. Couldn't repeat the dose, unfortunately. And that's the thing: the way he, the way he strikes his penalties and the way he approaches them, bringing the the ball from you know low to high. That when they miss, they look really bad. But it's just the way he takes them. Yeah, exactly right. So so England crash out at the quarterfinals. It's the seventh or eighth time maybe they've gone out at that stage of the tournament. And to be fair, I think going into the tournament, that that's probably a roundabout where we thought they would get anyway. I don't think they were they were fantastic in the probably twelve months prior, and they just ran into France, who are the new favourites now to win this World Cup. They're paying two dollars ten from here to win at Argentina two dollars and sixty three cents, Croatia eight bucks, Morocco ten dollars. Now they would have been right your own ticket at the start of the tournament. We'll get to that shortly, but. The first game we need to look at, and this is happening early Wednesday morning Australian time, Argentina versus Croatia. Argentina $1.83. The draw is $3.30. Croatia $4.80. What do you make of this one, Sam? Yeah, look, another wonderful game. I mean, we're this at this time in this tournament, they're always going to be great games, but... Uh, there's a couple of teams here have come off a couple of really close games and some exciting games and games that have gone deep, deep, um, you know, obviously in the penalty shootout. So it's going to be interesting the way that these two teams back up, the way they prepare and they uh, recover. And 
I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a very close game again. Um, one thing I will say about the the previous uh, Argentina's previous game against the Dutch, uh, it was fairly physical and there was a fair bit of spite in the game. There was a fair bit of taunting from both teams, both on the field and off the field. And I understand that these two teams didn't like each other, but I'll tell you what, some of the things that went on there that it's not good for for football and it's not good in sport in general. The way the um you know the Argentinian kicked the ball into the Dutch bench and the way the the Dutch, I guess. Um, carried on throughout the shootout and a few different things that went on. I mean, it's not my cup of tea and I understand that you know when rivalries occur, but when when Argentina won the game and they run past the Dutch, you know, pointing fingers and holding their hands to their ears and things like that, you know, I, I don't like that. I'd, ra- I'd rather see them be a bit more graceful, but that's easy for me to say sitting here in our studio. But it did left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, the, uh, they've taken inspiration from the Penrith Panthers there, Argentina, the way they're celebrating that win. Look, very spiteful, as you say. I think I read there was 16 yellow cards in that game, which is an obscene amount. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. It'll, it, it may well take it out of the Argentinians a little bit. That's, you know, that's a lot, and it clearly showed how physical a game it was. You know, Croatia have been able to hold the Brazilians to, to the big duck egg. That's a massive effort. They're they're an entertaining side. The Brazilians at the best of times. Um, and look, last time these two sides played in the World Cup was three 0 Croatia's way. Oh wow! I didn't realise that. Like that's a that's a very interesting statistic there. Look, what I will say about Argentina was they they led fairly comfortably. I thought at two nil, but the Dutch found a way back in, and then. It was about a hundredth minute equaliser, I think, which is just crazy to take it to two all. That could well have easily knocked the stuffing out of Argentina, but they were by far and away the dominant side in extra time. Uh, I think they even hit the post. Uh, they had a, a million and one chances. They just couldn't put it through, which sort of tells me that that they had that extra gear to find when they had to, and they did. And then they came into the shootout, and they won it quite comfortably in the end. I still don't think we've seen their best yet, Argentina. I think that there is another level for them to find. Uh, that they're going to have to be well and truly on their game here against Croatia. I mean, a dollar eighty-three. That, that's well, that's pretty skinny, I think, in a World Cup semi-final. But uh, you know, it is theirs to lose. I would have thought. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, you say that it was a um, fairly comprehensive penalty shootout, but he still had to nail that last penalty to actually win it. So, I mean, it wasn't as though it was all clear sailing once they got to the uh, penalty shootout, but as you said, they did find another gear, and I think you're right. I think they do have another gear gear to find. I, I saw another stat too. Argentina's lost one game in their last 41, Bucko. It was Saudi Arabia. It's pretty good going, isn't it? It's amazing. It's still amazing that the Saudis were the team to knock them off, but it clearly shows that they, they understand how to play against different styles and different teams, and they just adapt so well. Do you have a play in this game? I'm curious to get your opinion before we apply desert theory to this one. Yeah, I'll quickly jump in before we get into the real <laughs> stat that we all want. We're all here to hear, uh, here to listen to. Sorry, Argentina. Seven of their last ten have been clean sheets in internationals. Four of the five Croatian games have ended in a draw and also seen less than two goals scored. So. Croatia's defence is going to have to be on, and, and they've clearly shown that they can do it. Um, for me, though, I think the uh, the big gun in, in Lionel Messi, I just think that he's he's just been building so nicely for this part of the tournament. You know, there's just so much around him and so much of the story that goes with Messi and, and winning a World Cup for Argentina. I think he lives in these this game, and he does in the final as well. So for me, it's Messi to score and Argentina to qualify, and you're getting $2.70 about that. 
He did score again, Messi, against the Dutch. The thing is, Bucko, if you're going to... Um, if I think Croatia still plays that physical style against Argentina and tries to maybe you know put them off their game a little bit, every chance Messi gets a little spot kick there at some point as well and knocks one home. Yeah, you might be right there. They can be a very difficult team to defend on the edge of the box, Argentina. Desert Theory says that this is a win to Argentina. Now, we'll start with Croatia. We already mentioned this on a previous podcast. The Sands of Dordovic, which is a sandy area in Croatia, just to the eastern part of the city of Dordovic, and it occupies only about 20 hectares, known for uh, a number of endemic flora and fauna, including 300 species of butterflies. (laughs) So... Sounds like an interesting place, very it's important. Worth, worth the price of admission alone. Oh, mate. well, it would be to go to check out the sands. Look, Dordovec itself is a town of barely 8,000 people. Uh, but I will say this Croatia, as a nation, has less than 4 million people as a population. Phenom- um, phenomenal effort to knock off Brazil, oh, isn't it? Phenomenal effort to, to make uh, the World Cup final four years ago and now to be through to a semi final. I mean, this is ridiculous. We're talking about a, a place. Less than probably the size of New Zealand. Less people than probably even Scotland, you know. And, and they've made back-to-back World Cup semi-finals, uh, and they're 90 minutes away potentially from another World Cup final. So phenomenal effort there from Croatia. So well done. Look, as we know, Argentina, the Patagonian Desert, the eight largest in the world, the largest desert in the world south of the 40-degree parallel, which I think is crucial. That's a big part. Very big. The temperature really exceeds 12 degrees, so it really is starting to get down to the lower reaches of the Southern Hemisphere, flanked by the Andes in the west and the Atlantic Ocean to the east. Uh, Plenty of cattle and sheep farming down in that Patagonia there. The area was subjected to heavy migration in the 19th century at the suggestion of the Argentine government at the time. Now, this included a large Welsh population, would you believe, which has set up camp and remains there to this day. There are a couple of towns in Patagonia which are entirely Welsh, you walk in, they're speaking Welsh. They've got Welsh all over the signs. They've got little tea houses there, right in the heart of Patagonia. The largest Welsh population outside of Wales in the world. There you go, Bucko. I'll tell you what, there's been some good ones you've come up with. That's, I think that's the, that's the top of them so far, mate. That's a brilliant stat. Yeah, that's fascinating, I think. And one more thing I'll say, 1870, the Argentine government commenced uh, what was known as the Conquest of the Desert where they aimed to conquer Patagonia, killing more than 1,000 native Mapuche people at the time and displacing another 15,000. And a lot of those were unfortunately then taken into slavery and so on and so forth. Uh, I think the idea was to conquer Patagonia uh, and then allow for a lot of this uh, European migration. So I would say that all points to an Argentina victory based purely on desert size alone. Uh, Argentina, a population of 47,327,407 at the most recent census. So uh, we're talking 12 times the size of Croatia in terms of population. And you can see the support they've had through this whole World Cup. Every single match that the Argentinians have played, I reckon it's been... 99% 99% Argentinian people and 1%, even the Dutch game there on the weekend, it was, there was just this pocket behind the goal of, of orange flags and orange shirts and the rest was just blue and white. It was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how much support that they have all over the world. A lot of that is due to, to Messi. A lot of it is actually due to Diego Maradona as well, who inspired a generation, I would think, of soccer players. So that is going to be an absolute rip-snorter of a game there. 
And the pair of us, I think, like Argentina to win. 24 hours later, we get France against Morocco. France $1.50, $3.80 the draw, and Morocco $7.75. Morocco have conceded one goal this tournament in five matches. Can you believe it, Sam? Yeah, well, you've got a little variation on what I had had written down with Morocco. They've had a clean sheet in eight of their last nine games. It's oh. it's just amazing that it doesn't matter what sport you I think this is something else we touched on early on in the tournament as well, but what you can do, I think we were talking about the Australian side and what you can do around courage and heart and having a crack. It's amazing what you can do, especially, especially as a defender. It doesn't matter if you're playing rugby league, football, uh, ice hockey if you defend and you, and you have a real crack it's amazing what sort of results you can come up with and we've seen this with the Moroccan side they just put everything into it and so much energy and so much heart and you can see that they're playing for their nation and that's what I think everyone else around the world is loving to, to see as well I think you'll find that the vast majority of people out there are probably supporting the, supporting the Moroccans I think it's just a wonderful story and this is what the World Cup does it throws up Amazing uh, stories and, and inspires so many people from so many nations. They're just playing with so much belief at the moment. It's, it's key. Now, they Portugal had 73% possession the other night. And uh, the, the difference was a Yusuf and Nesri header, the Sevilla striker for Morocco. It was a high looping cross that came in and he just used his physicality really and put it past the goalkeeper. And then they just withstood a barrage from Portugal who go home uh, at the quarterfinal stage. Their tour of uh, South West Europe continues. They've gone Spain to Portugal. Now they go to France. So they get themselves up uh, up through the Iberian Peninsula to France. They're, uh, they're old colonial masters, I suppose you could say. It just gets tougher and tougher for the Moroccans. But, like we say, they're playing with a lot of belief. And you probably wouldn't want to be playing them if you were France. I think the French have probably had a mindset that they'd be playing someone much different to Morocco at this stage of the tournament. So it's a... It's a Tough one for France. They have to readjust their mentality. There'll be a lot of players there thinking that it's a breeze and how lucky they ha- they are to have this sort of run into in qualification for the big one. But it's amazing, as we said, you just never know. In two-horse war, where you come down to this, one little error, one, one little mistake, and you're on the back foot. So, as I said, France are most certainly probably happy about who they're playing, but that can also come back to bite you. So what do you like from a punting perspective here, Sam? I think the French are going to be too good. I, I, the, the reason I say this is there's only so far that you can just keep running and bustling and in such a short turnaround for these nations who they're obviously playing um, a physical and and all the running and all the uh, preparation that have gone into some of these matches. I think at some point it's got to come back to bite them. And the French side, they've been preparing for for these games, for this part of the tournament. And I just think that the French are going to be too good. So for me, it's France to win and Giroud to score any time at $3. That's not a bad price there. Giroud has been uh, banging them in, the, the leading goal scorer of all time now for France. He's been amazing for a lot of years now. I remember when I was living over in England in 2017 and he was playing with Arsenal and I saw a lot of him and I've always loved the way he's played the game and the way he's played the game as well. So, yeah, I just think it's, um, you know, his opportunity to once again stand up for his nation. Now, Morocco has beaten France before. This was uh, during a friendly in 1998, and that went to a penalty shootout. Two years after that, France won 5-1 against Morocco, and some of those goal scorers included Thierry Henry and Nicolas Anelka and Sylvain Wiltord, so a couple of Arsenal boys there. Most recently, they played out a 2 or draw in 2007, so 15 years uh, since these two 
have clashed in a competitive fixture. Now, we need to have a look here at uh, at Desert Theory because I've been alerted by uh, the Racing and Sports uh, Head of Digital Content, Danny Matthews, made a tremendous point that we've overlooked on this podcast regarding France. He's done well. We don't miss much. Yeah, well, he's picked one out here and, uh, you know, fair play to him. I think it's uh, it's brilliant and it explains why France have been so good, I think, at this World Cup. But we have neglected until this point to mention the work of the French Foreign Legion, who uh, in the 1800s and the 1900s spent a lot of time stationed in parts of Africa in the Sahara Desert undertaking military operations. They have desert theory on their side due to the history of the French Foreign Legion, which is, I mean, that changes everything. We've looked at probably a little bit black and white, haven't we, yeah. in terms of our um, our desert theory. But uh, you can't tell me that the work that the, the French have done over the years has not been passed on to their children and their children and their children. And here we are in a World Cup semi-final. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And this is uh, this is crucial. that They've been playing some excellent football on the basis of, I think, the work the French Foreign Legion did in the 19th century. Another thing too, uh, these two countries are very closely linked. France occupied Morocco for a long time, especially in the early part there of the 20th century. Morocco was granted its independence in 1956 from the French and now stand alone as their own nation. But there is certainly plenty of geopolitical history here. One last thing I want to mention before we wrap this up. Now, Morocco, do you know their nickname, their, their team nickname, Sam? Enlighten me, Bucko. The Atlas Lions, which is named for the Atlas Mountain Range, which runs through Morocco, Algeria and Tunisia, almost west to east from the Atlantic on one side, then up towards the Mediterranean. It actually separates the Sahara Desert from the Mediterranean. And it's not going to surprise you at all to hear that the highest point of the Atlas Mountains is Tubkal at 4,167 metres, smack bang in the middle of Morocco. So they have the highest point of the Atlas Mountains on their side. That particular peak is part of the High Atlas Range, which stretches from the Atlantic coast over to the border with Algeria. North of the High Atlas is the Middle Atlas Range, which is entirely within the bounds of Morocco. And then south of the High Atlas is the Anti-Atlas, which is a smaller range. So the Atlas Mountains themselves are made up of three main ranges. They then continue further east into Algeria and Tunisia, as already mentioned, but they're certainly not as dramatic as what is found in Morocco. So they have, not only do they have the desert on their side, but they have the Atlas Mountains on their side, and they are channeling all of that energy, the mighty Atlas Lions, to be where they are right now, which is 90 minutes away from a World Cup final. Can you believe it? i tell you what, in the World Cup in four years' time, it might just be the mountain ranges theory. <laughs> well, it could and well if, be. You know, they're going to fall into that as well. Um, you know, if I, they are, well, I think, are they not playing the next one in North America? Yeah, that'll suit them too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, there's plenty of mountain ranges to get around you can get over a there. get about them right now, I reckon. Yeah, that's not bad. We might have to look into that. So anyway, just to recap on what promises to be another huge week, Argentina, Croatia. We like Messi to score into Argentina to qualify. That pays $2.70. And then France versus Morocco. France to win and Olivier Giroud to score, paying $3. A couple of nice bets there, Sam. Yeah, look, I just hope the punters have um, you know, made a bit over this World Cup. We've, I know we've had some success over the last couple of weeks. And um, you know, on the back of that, I think people have learned a lot about 
you know, the world, <laughs> uh, politics, history, everything that comes with it. And that's, you know, once again, the beauty of the, the Football World Cup. You just see so many different side stories and, you know, you, you've enlightened me, Bucko, so I do appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Uh, we look forward to Wednesday and Thursday morning of this week. We'll be back later in the week. And until then, happy punting.